Can I just take you on a little journey with me this morning? I, uh, you know, we were so busy with all the festivities and things going on that, that I actually had started praying a couple weeks ago about what God wanted me to speak on this morning. And so uh, he's been doing this to me lately. And I, so I had three different avenues to take in regard to communion. And, and for most of you, you know, we can explain uh, the elements. We've all been through communion. For those that are saved and born again and baptized, we realize that, you know, communion is for you. Communion is for the believer to, to actually reflect upon what Christ has done for us. And so we realize that he went to the cross for us. But we, we oftentimes will take communion and not understand the significance of truly what communion is all about. And so for me this morning, uh, I just wanted to kind of take you on a quick journey in the word of God in regard to his blood. His blood that was spilled out for us. And if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus Christ, we would not have the remission for our sins. We would not have the atonement. And it was because of the blood, that sacrifice that was made for us. And you go, but Pastor, are you sure about that? I said, yes, and I'll show that to you this morning in the scripture as I give you a portrait of the blood. I could probably take this message and and make it into three parts. I'm just going to give you little uh, snippets of my direction this morning. But what is communion? How does it apply to us? Do people really understand the significance of communion? And what does it do for us? And I just thought this would be a sweet day as we embark upon our new journey in the next decade to stop and reflect upon the man who actually ushers in and comes in and he blesses our church. And uh, that is God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And so I'm thankful for that. And so uh, where we're headed with this, only God knows. But I do have notes, so I always try to to say I'm not going off the cuff here, but yet I am going to at least give you uh, a basis to to some direction that we are going in this morning in regard to uh, the Lord's Supper. If you would, please turn with me to Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. That's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, chapter 17, verse 11. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. And and for sake of time and all the details, so on and so forth, I won't have you turn to all of the scripture verses that I have. But um, all of us got to, we have to realize, so as you're turning there, I just want to say we have to realize that without blood there cannot be a physical body. That is true also about the Bible. Blood flows through the Bible just as it does through our veins. The blood of Christ keeps Christianity alive. Someone has said, cut the Bible anywhere and it will bleed. The blood is spoken of 427 times in our Bible. So it is easy to say that it is not just a minor theme. Without the blood, the gospel is dead and we are deprived of eternal life. Can I hear an amen? amen. Jesus said in Matthew 26:28, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the what? For the remission of. Of sins, Paul added, and almost all things are all by the law purged with blood and without the shedding of blood is no remission. He also explained in Colossians chapter one, verse 14, we have redemption through the blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Then Peter also added in his word, we are not redeemed with silver and gold and precious stones, but with the precious blood of Christ. First Peter chapter one, verse 18. And John agreed with Peter and Paul, and he wrote, The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all, exactly, from all unrighteousness, from all sin. The early church understood the blood. The 22 sermons recorded by the four preachers in the book of Acts all give the same message. The death, 
the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They understood that his death and the provisions of covering by the blood was the essential ingredient of the gospel. There, that should cover it. We're done. Amen. Let's take communion. Oh, no. Okay, we shouldn't stop there. The idea of payment to cover as well as hiding it from sight. And I love that, that that's what he does. Do you guys see the portrait of the blood already starting to, to unfold here? We haven't even read in Levit- Leviticus. It's hard to see blood because it is internal. Yesterday, my wife's dad hugged her and ripped off her toenail. So she's skimping around here today and we experienced Blood. But we have to cut the body. There has to be piercings. There has to be pain. And so, therefore, we see blood and we know that it runs red. And so, we know the significance of blood. To see blood, it is what? It is internal. To make it external hurts, you have to be cut or what? Injured. And she's experiencing that awful but yet wonderful pain. And uh, (laughs) she's looking at me like, I don't think so. You're crazy. The Bible paints it in broad strokes, the blood on a canvas, and then in minute detail, God's word breaks it down to the cellular level where we can all understand the importance of the blood of Christ. We can see this today, but even more important is that God sees the blood applied to our lives and passes, he passes, he passes over us. And I love that old song. So let's put the blood of Christ under the microscope and do a forensic study here. Then we'll get to the complete picture of a portrait of the blood. So in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, it says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the souls. Now I want you to turn back in 1 Peter. Let's go all the way back to the New Testament. And as you continue to keep turning, we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 through 25. 1 Peter... 1, 15 through 25. We're going to be seeing here that just uh, what we're supposed to do is live as servants of God, and yet the example of Christ's suffering here as well. Verse 15 says this in 1 Peter chapter 1. I better turn there. I found it. I think I'm going to start in 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts and your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation. Be holy in all manner of what? Conduct. Conduct, conversation. Because it is written, say this with me, be ye holy, for I am, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in the fear, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, with perishable things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundations of the world but was manifest, was revealed in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with what? A pure heart. 
fervently. Being what? Born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flowers of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower therefore falleth away. And I love the doxology here. I love the conclusion. This is exciting. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Isn't that a wonderful promise? But the word of the Lord endures forever. So we see here, one, the blood is perfect. The blood is pure. The blood is perpetual, and last, the blood is powerful. So we realize that when you look into the scriptures, the virgin birth of Christ established his righteousness. Judas even cried out, I have betrayed innocent blood. Paul explained, for he, which meant God, has made him, Jesus, to be sin for us, who what? Who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And then Pilate said to him, I find no fault at all. Jesus himself said, which of you convicts me of sin? Found in John 8, 46. He was spoken of as holy, as harmless, as undefiled, as separate from sinners and made higher and exalted higher than the heavens. Again, who did no sin? Neither was guile found in his mouth. First Peter chapter two, verse 22. John added, in him is no sin at all. You see, a natural father would have imparted the sin nature of Adam to Christ and his death would not have provided redemption. The virgin birth is absolutely essential to the salvation of our souls. The Bible clearly teaches that Jesus was born of a virgin and did not have original sin. Matthew one twenty three, he said, behold, a virgin shall be with child and she shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name. Emmanuel with being interpreted as God with us. Jeremiah, the prophet had spoken years before, and here's what he said. The Lord hath created a new thing upon the earth. A woman shall return to man. You see, it certainly was a new thing for a woman without a man to give birth to a child. The Adamic nature is passed to the offspring by the bloodline of who? The man. There were no impurities in the blood of Christ. Everything about Christ was perfect, including his blood. Isn't that wonderful? Now look at this comparison as we look into, as we look at the significance of why we drink wine or what is called fermented or unfermented. So I'll give you just a little correlation and illustration here. and Hopefully you'll walk away. Uh, either scratching your head or saying, oh, I got it. Uh, one of the reasons we use grape juice in our communion service instead of wine is because wine has to go through a process of fermentation. The process of fermentation is actually bacteria working in the juice. It is a rotting process. How's that make you feel? This could never give a proper picture of the sinless blood of Christ. For all that is holy, Satan has his counterfeit. And communion is no exception. For you see, pure grape juice is the true symbol of the pure blood of Jesus Christ. Just as the bread is to be without leaven. 
And I won't go into that for this past Easter season. We went through what is the Lord's Supper as we demonstrated it, and, and I explained truly the elements of what communion is about. So I'm just giving you somewhat of a, a little different twist here. I like what the, the writer of Hebrews says. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Hebrews chapter 9, verses 13 through 14. And when the pure blood of the Savior is applied to the sinner, provides cleansing. For John explained, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Isn't that a great old hymn? I love that hymn. Peter wrote, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, but with precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish, blemish and without spot. So we realize the significance of the blood. It was perpetual. We, we understand the power in it. We understand the sacrifice. We understand that the Old Testament, there was, there was sacrifices that were made, and Jesus Christ came as the Lamb of God, and he became the ultimate sacrifice for you and I. When he died upon Calvary. The death of Christ set into motion is a continuous cleansing for those who trust in him. We're given the gift of eternal life that he purchased with his blood. Thank God we are washed once and for all and forever. The Bible speaks of his everlasting covenant. For he says in Hebrews 13.20, I told you I was going to go through the whole New Testament with all this scripture. Now may the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant through brought back from the dead of our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. Our faith in his blood is all it takes to settle it forever and ever. The old songwriter says, would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, 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 wonder working power in the blood of the lamb. There is power, 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 wonder working power in the blood of the lamb. Isn't that awesome? So we just have to receive it. We receive the power. We receive it when we, we go to him in obedience, realizing our sinful state, realizing what he did on the cross, and accepting him as Lord and Savior. I always loved that song as a kid because I would always be like, There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. Everybody's just, of the Lamb, such an eye. And I was like, there is power, 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 wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There's power, 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 power. I just wanted to get all excited about that song. And we've taken it, believe it or not, we've taken a lot of the blood and the power out of church in America. We need to understand the significance of the blood of Jesus Christ. John wrote us in Revelation 5, he said, Thou hast redeemed us to God by the blood. It takes amazing power to do that. We are told that they overcome the wicked one, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb in Revelation 12. It takes a lot of power to do that. We need his power. You know, I was reading, and there's a, there's a couple excerpts. Listen to this from a false religion. 
that has always denied the blood and its power. R.B. Theme, a Bible teacher in Texas, declared, now listen to this, the red liquid that ran through the veins and arteries of Jesus' mortal body is not related to our salvation. What are you talking about, Willis? This is what's going on out here. Really? Okay, so let me just time out here just for a minute. Did I just read the significance? And I could probably add 50 more text scripture verses in there about the blood. Was he correct? No, he was incorrect. And so we notice here, and of course, this teacher and many like them stand in complete opposition to the Bible that declares without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So I'm thankful for the forgiveness that we all receive through Jesus Christ. And I, wanna, I just want to say, here's the acquittal. The blood is permanent. And, I, and I'll bring this into the word acquit. It was a, a woman at a photography studio said, do me justice, as we all do. Take it from this angle. Do it this way. Do it that way. Uh, don't show my chin. Don't show my bad side. You know, let me hide behind the mic. And, you know, we're all that same way. So the lady says, do me justice. And the pho- photographer replied, you don't need justice. You need mercy. <laughs> Acquit is a heavy word. It means to pay off, to free, to clear, to absolve. It is a far-reaching meaning extending from the past all the way to the future. O.J. Simpson was acquitted of murder. Okay, hold on now. And it can never come back on him now in the court of law. Not even new evidence can be presented. Why? You say, yeah, but I don't believe justice was done. Well, neither do I. But you and I are guilty And we know it. And we don't want justice. We want mercy. And we need it to be permanent. Sins forgiven and forgotten. And I love what the Bible says. His mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for that? I mean, there's just such great hope in knowing that his mercies are new every morning. Not only our past sin was covered, but also our present, our future sins are put into the blood when we trust in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Isaiah 44, 22 says, I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sins returned unto me, for I have redeemed thee. And in Psalms 103, David spoke, and here's what he stated. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Thank you, Lord. For your promises. Listen closely. He promised not to remember them again. And I will remember them no more against you forever. Now let me explain this to you so you don't misinterpret what I'm saying. Jesus' blood covers our present sins. But both the sins of omission and the sins of commission. Whether it be the things we ought to be doing and are not doing. Or whether it be the things we are doing that we ought not to be doing. These are covered fully. By his blood atonement. Jesus' blood continues to atone for future sins. This is not to say we can just go ahead and sin. You see, a truly saved person will have an attitude and won't have the attitude. Well, I could just go ahead and do this. It's all right. 
But we can know that despite our very best efforts, we are sinners. And yet, we will sin. But we don't have to get saved again. We need to confess it to God and make it right. And of course we do. First John says, if we shall confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. I think it's the Holy Spirit that guides us. As we continue to walk through this life, we'll need to have a daily foot washing, a daily cleansing. But praise God that one time, all over bath, secures us from all sin, past, present, and the future. For the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. And I'll leave you with this thought, and we'll go right into communion. What is communion? And then we'll, we'll partake, and we'll all go our separate ways today. But the blood of Jesus Christ was precious. For 1 Peter 1.19 says, But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Oh, precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We know this story in Exodus chapter 12 verse 13. The Passover took place and for many they were spared because they were under the blood he said, I will pass, I will pass over you. I don't want you to, to, as we go into communion, and I don't want you to take this and go for many, and I know there's always children and even teenagers to, to not understand the significance and the importance. But I know that Jesus Christ went to the cross, not because he wanted to, because it was the will of his father. And he came down. And he went to the cross. He was spit upon. He was beaten for you and for I. So that we can have eternal life. See, the gift is there for you to take or for you to reject. All he's doing is saying, listen, I did all this for you. What are you going to do for me? And when you take communion and you think about what he went through, yes, it's a quiet moment and it's a time where we look at his atonement, we look at the sacrifice, we look at the blood, we we look at his body that was broken for us. And then he tells us, please do not forget. For I want you to remember. This morning I ask you a question. And we're not going to go into the invitation, Luke. You wondered about that song. But before we, we do that, in, in the quietness of the room, just if you'll play a little, some soft music there, brother. Um, I'm going to ask you an important question before we even start taking communion this morning. One, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe that he is the Son of God? For God so loved us that he sent his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You see, it says, but God commended his love toward us. And yet, while we were sinners, he died for us. He says in Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Maybe you've been on the verge of teetering back and forth. Maybe you've not surrendered your life wholly to the Lord. Maybe you just haven't said, God, I give you my all. I relinquish all to you. And because of that, Lord, today I just bow my knee. I want to come into your presence with thanksgiving in my heart. 
And the Bible says in John 3, 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. God brought you to this appointed time, to this appointed place, to this church today. Because you're going through some trials, some tribulations, some hurts, hang-ups, habits. I don't know what it is. But God's trying to speak to you this morning. And putting apart a, a all that, that that was just said and done this morning, but yet expounding on His Word, because if we don't open up the Word of God, we don't hear Him. For there's life in His Word. And so I quote this verse to you, and I ask you this important question. Have you given your life over to the Lord? Have you said, no matter what, God, I'm yours. No matter what, I realize the penalty, the punishment. I understand the price that was paid upon Calvary. And God, I cannot give any more. Do you understand my schedule? Sacrifice. I can't do it. It's out of my schedule. And today God says to you, you don't have a schedule. For I'm in control of your life. From the rising of the sun. Till the sun goes down. May the Lord be praised. Love that song. His mercies are new every day. So church, you're ticked off. You're mad at somebody. You're angry. You're disappointed. And maybe today you just need to say, in the quietness of this room, and you can pray there, you can come down to the altar, because I'm going to give you this, this opportunity. But you need to let it go. And you need to let God breathe into your life. You hear me? I'm not here just to go through the motions. We're here to to live out a life in Jesus Christ. He wants to free you. There is victory in Jesus. So we understand the significance of the blood. But And now here it is. He says, but... In Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart, that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Believe on the name of the Son of God, and thou shalt be saved. Do you believe? Do you believe God can heal you? Do you believe that God can take away some of the pain that you've been experiencing? For He wants to do that for you. That's what I love about communion. For I get to stop and reflect what He's done for me. And not what is going on around me in all the events of the day. But what He's done for me. And then I get to stop and today we have a memorial service in honor of the Lord. For what He's done for us. Isn't that awesome? Let me just move you in your spirit to think. Thank you, Lord. For before he went to, to Golgotha, to the place of the skull, he said, as often as you do this, don't forget me. And really what he was saying is, don't forget my father. That's wow. That's amazing. And so no matter where you're at or what you're doing, I would like every head bowed and every eye closed. And I don't do this every week and nobody looking around. But if the Lord's working in your heart and in your life, I just want to pray for you. And I want to pray with you. But if you've never taken that step of faith, 
to believe in Jesus Christ. Today's your day. Is there somebody in the room that you would say, I'm dealing with some things. I just need God to to take that away. I need some healing. Is there anybody with a slip up of a hand? Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Right now, the Lord's working in your life. And He's going to start doing something in your life. I believe it. And I hope you do too. Is there anybody in this room that has been dealing with, I know I need to accept Christ as Lord and Savior and you haven't? The slip up of a hand. I need to take that step of faith. 